0: No, I'm fifteen! No, I'm fifteen! No, I'm fifteen! <laughs> <laughs> love of God, Johnny! Bastard! Jesus, you're weird. I'm coming to get you, Barbara. Barbara. For the love of God, Johnny. Well, hey, horny, Barbara. They've been dead a long time. Look, look, there's one of them now. They try to sound like they know what's going on. They don't really know shit. One guy is saying it's escaped prisoners on the loose from up in Hennessy. Another guy is saying it's some kind of chemical spill making everybody go crazy. They don't know shit. How do they explain a man walking around with his neck broken
1: a man shot full of holes. Still coming at you.
0: My name is Ben. What's your name? Barbara. But look here, Barbara. I don't need you falling apart on me, you understand? I see what you did over there. I know you can fight when you have to.
2: Welcome to the no On 15 all cast it's your boy seven seas and tonight is volume two of our night of series that we're doing uh tonight i'm joined by a couple awesome gents first off of course my right hand man great scott hola yeah there he is and joining us from the silver screeners podcast the one and only frank uh mendoza man what's up
1: hey how you doing
2: Good, good, good. Glad to have you on, man. Uh, Me and him did an episode on his show on Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It was a great, great time. And I asked him to come on my show so we can talk about these zombies uh, in Night (laughs) of the Living Dead. So uh, before we get into any of those details and stuff, uh, Frank, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your show?
1: Thank you. Yeah. So my podcast is called Silver Screeners. I've been doing it now for since April of 2021. And it's a weekly podcast about all things movie-related, past, present, and future. And I tend to have a pair of movies that I sort of compare and contrast in most episodes, not all. But it's it's fun doing it. I love doing it. And I also have a second podcast that I began back in May of this year, with a friend of mine out in Liverpool, Davey A. And this one is called Movies Across the Pod. And it's pretty much the same idea where every episode we take turns challenging each other to watch a movie that we saw, but the other one hasn't. So we alternate nice. taking turns being the, sort of the thrust of the conversation with each episode. And so it's, it's a good time. We're in episode seven or eight right now. So we just finished recording our next episode last night. So that one should be coming up in about a, about a week or two.
2: Nice. That's awesome, man. And um, what made you do it? Like what made you get started, like doing your podcast?
1: Well, I've been giving for the past 10 years, I've been giving film talks and I guess you could call them lectures. That probably sounds a little pretentious, but I'll just give interactive film talks at different public venues, like community centers and public libraries and senior living facilities, places like that. And I'll also be hired out to go to, to basically to bring movie trivia to people's private parties, you know, Academy Award parties, that kind of thing. So I've been doing that for about 10 years. And once the pandemic hit, I gave my very first talk over Zoom for a public library and in the chat afterwards, which would have been a live Q&A otherwise, in the chat in the Zoom afterwards, there was one person in the Zoom who asked if I had a podcast. And I actually had been playing with the idea at that point for a couple of years, but haven't been hard on it, always sort of put it in the back burner. I was, to be blunt, just too scared to try it out. So mm-hmm. once that person asked me if I had one, that's when I said, okay, it's either now or never. So I said, no, I don't, not yet, but I will. To this day, okay. I have no idea who that person is. So whoever she may have been, if she hadn't asked, who knows how things might've played out. So
2: that's nice. pretty much how it came about. That's awesome. I began
1: listening to other podcasts and uh sort of got a feel for you know how they worked and pretty much sat down and said, Okay, how do I wanna make one that'll be my own? And that's pretty much the way it all began.
2: (laughs) Awesome. No, man, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing, you know, and it's great for hopefully new listeners that listen to our podcast to get to know you a little bit. And like I said, before me and him did an episode on his show and it's a lot of fun. It's definitely worth the listen and the way Frank uh, lays out all the information is not to be missed. So if you get a chance to check out Silver Screen's podcast, definitely uh, give it a listen. And Thanks.
1: with a that, lot. Appreciate that. yeah,
2: for sure. Um, we always start out before, before we do anything, asking how everybody's week was. So uh, how was your week, Scott? Anything crazy?
3: I don't want to go just yet because I can't remember.
2: all right all right all right uh frank anything crazy this week
1: crazy busy crazy (laughs) Crazy busy busy. yeah no i teach high school so it's been you know getting used to a new routine a new schedule new students and i would have to say that probably the highlight of my week this week was a couple of my freshmen came up to me and i don't know if this is a a good thing or a bad thing coming from them it's hard to say i don't know them well enough yet but they told me i look exactly like jack black so (laughs) really i did a google image search found a picture of him and
0: (laughs) i don't know if it's out on that
1: one i was like no that's hard to say it was not i didn't take it as a compliment but i didn't let them know Hey, you know, not cool. <laughs> I was like, really? I mean, okay, man. okay. Uh, What's the me, me, meanest shit the this? kids ever said to you? The, mean- oh, the geez. meanest? Oh, uh, jeez. Well, let me see now. Okay. <laughs> this is the beginning of year 23. <laughs> Scott's trying to so. open wounds. <laughs> what are you doing, man? <laughs> Killing off scabs so that wounds can bleed afresh. Uh, yeah. Let me see here worst thing a kid is okay yep i can think of it (laughs) you don't have to dig too deeply (laughs) i had a kid once this is a long ways back when i was first starting out i mean years before i even had my own two kids so (laughs) i had a student who you know had his fair share of problems but he turned to he turned to me in front of the whole class and he said you just watch five years from now i'm gonna have a house i'm gonna have a car and i'm gonna make triple your salary And I was looking at him, and I thought, I didn't say this, but I thought to myself, eh, you're probably right. Fuck.
3: (laughs) That's beyond, like, anything I would have guessed.
1: (laughs) So, haven't heard from that person since. Uh, He's probably in his late 30s now. I have absolutely no idea whatever became of him. And, you know, hey, it's all right. We had our time together, and hopefully in the long run... I did my job well and he did his, so there you go.
3: But basically like fuck him, right?
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. I I'll know, just simply I say know. you gotta work. Ben. No love lost when he graduated, I'll put it that way. <laughs> yes. Thanks.
2: So <laughs> I was gonna say my week. The worst thing that happened was it was Wednesday. It was a little chillier, it was like sixty seven. And actually no, I'm lying. It wasn't even Wednesday, it was Monday. And I went outside. I have a little garden. I was picking some peppers out there, some tomatoes with my toddlers, my one-year-old and my three-year-old. There's this, like, Fisher Price thing in the summertime that they use that fills up with, like, you can fill it up with water and, like, little raindrops will come down and they can get wet there, like, you know, play in there and stuff. And my three-year-old is helping me, like, pick some stuff from the garden. And I, I thought the one-year-old was right there, you know, like, chilling. And it's not even hot. And unfortunately, the night before, it rained like a shit ton. So that thing was full up with water. And when I turn around, he's inside that thing where the water is. With his sweater on, clothes, doesn't oh. give a shit. Just sitting there smiling at me. Bro. <laughs> and my wife is inside. This is like never-ending oh. never, never ending cycles that happen like to me. When I just turn around for a minute. And when I turn back, something happens with one of the kids. So uh and he had just pooped a, Oh, uh, top of that so <laughs> i had to run inside take this wet ass kid out of all of his clothes and change him. and uh yeah my wife was pissed at me so yeah fun fun times <laughs>
3: was, uh, dude i don't want to be things. like overstep my boundaries with you but you need to hold the fucking kid's hands when you go outside <laughs> this shit happens every week <laughs>
2: At least it was behind the gate, like in the fence, you know what I'm saying? So
3: Yeah, Yeah, he's in the yard still. He's in
2: the yard, so I wasn't that bad. But, yeah, that shit, it happened, and I was like, man, always something, man, always something. So, yeah, let's let's, uh, run into our first To the days to remember. (laughs) Yeah, I know, (laughs) for real. Um, we'll run into our first segment, which is the "What are you watching?" segment. So uh, let me run that real quick. Now play, now
0: play, now play. Motion Picture, Motion Picture. picture now play, now what are you play,
1: watching? Motion Picture, Motion Picture. What are you watching? Now play at a Motion okay, Picture watching? Theater
3: near you. What's
1: he
2: watching now? And yeah, this is the "What are you watching?" segment. So Scott, what you watching, man? Anything new? Football, and I fucking hate it. <laughs>
3: what? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: can't stand it. It just started Why are you
3: watching run-over. it?
2: Because
3: <laughs> well, it's football. Oh, what the hell man. else are
2: you going to do? Okay. Right. <laughs> w- who's your football team? The Colts?
3: I don't have one right now. Oh, okay. okay. We'll see. We watch the Bears and the Steelers, and the Colts are always on TV, so we watch them tie it up in overtime. It was fucking pointless.
0: <laughs> tie it up in overtime. Okay.
3: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All right.
2: Anything else? Any shows, movies?
3: No, just said Lord of the Rings.
2: Okay. The newer Lord of the Rings show. Nice.
3: See, oh, is that? That? oh, it's pretty good. If you like the movies, there's some, it's like a prologue or origin for Elrond and what's her name?
2: Galadriel. Gal- Galadriel. Anyway. Galadriel. Yeah
1: yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, I still to catch that one. Nice. It's good.
2: All right. Uh, how about you, Frank? Anything cool? Watching anything old? Anything new? well That'd to be honest tied. with you
1: <laughs> right <laughs> now what i'm watching what i'm binging i should say is only murders in the building oh nice uh, okay. steve Martin and Martin short and selena gomez it's not a trio that i would have ever come up with myself but they got pretty good chemistry it's a mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's fun it's like a thriller and a satire and it's got a lot of great it's got a lot of great jokes at the expense of podcasting life so <laughs> whatever mm. it rings really true
2: yeah yeah
3: i think their fan group that lives in the building with them is so stupid and unrealistic but they just roll with it like oh of course yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) like this eccentric cast of secondary characters and they all have their own yeah (laughs) they're all just totally fucked up in their own ways
2: yeah man it's funny i i'm like i'm so behind i'm barely like halfway through the first season i think but yeah i'm enjoying it and i know a lot of people had told me that it was good and once i finally started watching it i did enjoy it a lot uh like you said that dynamic between those three actors you wouldn't think they would have such great chemistry but it works and uh yes yeah, steve martin martin short still got it man uh, all these years later they still got their comedy chops so that, that helps definitely mm-hmm. nice nice uh, i've been watching a couple of hulu series myself i was watching the mike series that came out about mike tyson i know uh he's against it because he said they stole his life story and put it into the show the show's pretty good it's very intriguing to see all those things that uh if they happened or didn't happen uh the way they happened kind of messed up kind of explaining his life and why he was the way he was and the way he turned out and where he ended up and how he's doing now. So all that stuff is interesting. Uh, If you're a fan of boxing, if you're a fan of Mike Tyson, I think you'd probably check it out. If you're a diehard fan of boxing, then maybe you won't because Mike Tyson is against it. So something to consider (laughs) if you want to watch it or not. And then the other one is Reservation Dogs. Uh, That show is just really good, man. Um, I'm on season two of that and almost caught up. And it's just interesting to see the way they talk to each other, the way they experience their culture together and just to see how not so different but different at the same time that culture is compared to ours you know on the the reservation Mm -hmm. and it's really funny and there's some serious stuff in there so i think it's it's definitely worth a watch if you get a chance to watch it did you see the latest one the yes where where he's tripping tripping in the woods tripping acid yes (laughs) that's oh my god yeah it's really really funny yeah those are the only two shows and like you said other than stuff for the podcast nothing else man so can uh run no into she our hulk, huh?
3: no mention no. of she hulk oh, yeah i've
2: goodness. been watching she hulk too yeah i've been watching mm-hmm. she hulk too i feel like we mention that one every week so yep uh, it's it's the longest marvel series i think since wandavision right it's like nine episodes long oh it is so, yeah i think it's gonna be like nine episodes that, that's definitely worth a watch too especially for comedy reasons and if you're a fan of the comic books i think you'll enjoy it when does that Andor come on Andor comes out next Wednesday. Wednesday, I think. The first early reviews of it say it's more underground criminal, like syndicate type story. So Ooh. I think a lot of people dig that. I like that. Be- idea. Yeah. Different take. Like, like like an take. And stuff. Yeah. Well, years ago, there was like an unreleased like George Lucas show, right? That was all about that. I think they even filmed the pilot. And it was supposed to be like a Star Wars underworld or something. It was going to be called, and it was going to be like a all about the crime syndicates and you know the whole outlaw angle. Um, mm-hmm. And they never made it into production, but they filmed a pilot for it. So, uh. so would that have
1: been like all the bounty hunters, or
2: just everything. Yeah, bounty hunters, the whole different criminal syndicates, and that was the whole idea behind it. Like, you know how the Huts have their criminal syndicate, and you know the criminal syndicates that you don't get to see that run like in Coruscant and different places like that. That's That was the idea behind it. It ne- never materialized completely, but uh, it seems like they're kind of incorporating those beats in mm-hmm. the Andor stuff. So it should be cool, cool to see. And they did a little bit of it in uh, Mandalorian, I think. So yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, let's run into our flashback segment. Doc,
0: I'm from the future. I came here in a time machine that you invented. Now I need your help to get back to the year, back to the, back to the, back to the, back to the year.
2: The year is 1990, gentlemen. Let's see what you got for the people out there to reminisce and flashback. Any pop culture facts, anything interesting you remember or found uh, from
3: 1990. Minimum wage, $3.80 an hour.
2: Oh,
0: damn. Oh,
3: my God. <laughs> Gasoline practically free by today's standards.
0: <laughs>
3: Game Boy, $89.
0: Oh, that's oh still pricey.
2: Especially for $89. It might have been $800. Shit. Right. No, wait, $90. $90. My bad. So, yeah, $89. Holy shit.
1: $3.80 of minimum wage. I am proud to be able to say that I made more than that. I made three eighty five dollars an hour. Sweet.
2: <laughs> nice.
1: And that was at Burger King. <laughs> so, oh, man. I think that lasted about six months. Dang. <laughs> oh, man.
2: All right. Well, um,
1: 1990 was also the year that Microsoft released Windows version 3.0. Ooh. Floppies? Are those floppy disks back <laughs> say Probably the, the square shit. Yeah, the floppy disk, most likely at that point, still. So,
2: yeah, they weren't those. Not even, not even the hard yeah, it ones. It wasn't
3: probably. the fucking. It had to be the hard ones by
1: then. You think so? Yeah.
2: Okay. All right.
1: To be honest, thirty-two years ago, I can't even remember anymore.
2: <laughs> oh man, I can't even remember the name of the the difference as far as the discs. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. But I do remember Windows. But back then, in <laughs> ninety, I feel like we in school. They would get some schools would get Macs back then, so you'd get like those little uh, Apple IIes sometimes, and uh, they would have computer labs if you were lucky. And those were still using uh, like floppy disks too. Mm-hmm. Everyone was trying to play "Organ Trail" on that shit. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Real quick, some of the movies like Ghost, Home Alone, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all 1990. Ghost is like big. It was big in '90.
1: I remember that one being the huge, like the movie to see. Everyone talking about, you have to see this, you have to see this. I remember going to see it, walking out of the theater and thinking, eh, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Not great, not terrible. Didn't need to see it really again after that. <laughs> so the big thing that stands out in my memory about 1990 with pop culture, as far as movies go, is really the bursting onto the scene of Julia Roberts.
2: Mm. Was that Pretty Woman uh, that year?
1: Pretty Woman and yeah, Steel Magnolias and movies like that. And nice. that was that was also the year of uh, The Godfather Three, the big build-up. Oh, <laughs> Coppola's return to the Corleone family.
2: Yeah, they waited too long for that.
3: Yeah, they fixed it. They fixed it.
2: I still haven't seen that yet. They did.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's much better. Is,
2: is it? Is it better? Mm, it's not yeah. as incestuous.
3: No, it. That's, that's <laughs> I'm just they're side characters now and it's more focused on Michael Okay, it wraps up nice. the trilogy better
0: alright
2: um, popular TV shows that. yeah I got Cheers was popular in 1990 still ninth season of Cheers so uh, the <laughs> other one says it was like one of the best seasons A Different World with the uh, Lisa Bonet in there it was like the spin off from the Cosby show Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't say Cosby anymore because <laughs> he, <laughs> he uh, might get you, might get you drunk, and uh, you might not wake up the same. And uh, or you just might roll with it. might <laughs> roll with it. And sixty minutes, man, was still super popular in nineteen ninety. So everyone was tuning to CBS to see somebody get interviewed or some crazy shit. I got some crazy
3: shit. Chuck Berry. Okay. Was sued for installing cameras in the lady's shitters at two of his restaurants.
2: Oh my God! What were the name of his restaurants? I don't know. Seriously, on the list, yeah.
3: It oh on a, man! On a fun facts, that's fun facts on the list.
2: <laughs> oh
1: Jesus! I Christ. have no memory of that. Oh my God!
3: Yeah. <laughs> the greatest property theft in history: art thieves stole a five hundred million dollar king. Di- okay. Ming, I think it's Ming. Ming dynasty. Okay. Five hundred million dollars.
2: Holy crap! Wow.
3: On a lighter note, Universal and Nickelodeon Studios opened in Florida. Mm. Everybody wore their hammer pants down to Universal (laughs) Studios. That's true. Jim Henson died of pneumonia. Damn, that's what he died of? That's right, yeah. Holy
2: crap, man.
3: And then the Doomsday Clock was set at 10 minutes to midnight.
2: Oh, man.
3: For some That's reason, crazy. that was on the fun facts list. This was supposed to be fun <laughs> shit. All this stuff I put Darn. in fun That's facts 1990. Shit. And this shit was all on one list.
1: Oh man! All right. Well, Millie Vanilli turned out we were uh, lip syncing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, on the right. rain. The vanilla right. Ice came along with Ice Ice Baby. Yep.
2: Huh. Theirs goes din 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 da da din din, and ours goes din din din. <laughs> <laughs> he was try to explain the sample. He added, a,
3: he added a din at the end. There was an extra uh, ding at the end. Get the fuck
2: out of here, man. They yeah, rocked a yeah. cymbal. <laughs> and, uh, okay, I'll say popular comics. V for Vendetta was a hit that year, too. Alan Moore's uh, popular comic book. Mm-hmm. So definitely a lot of people like that. One more wow. shout out.
1: I can't believe I didn't mention this yet. The debut of The Simpsons as a weekly series. Ooh.
2: Oh, nice.
1: They had done yeah, the Christmas yeah. episode in December of eighty nine. But that that then it wasn't until a few weeks later that January when it officially yeah. officially yeah. aired as its own show. Nice. As a separate show from Tracy Allman.
2: Dope. All right, man. Last thing I'll say, this is it. Madonna released Vogue that year, everybody and everybody was fucking Vogue. Like for real, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody was Not doing everybody. that shit. <laughs> like they were making fun of it and don't be a menace and everything. Yes. Yeah. Now Vogue. <laughs>
1: So, I remember that. Yep, I remember the, yeah, <laughs> SNL doing the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right.
0: Cool, That's man.
3: That's a weird that was a weird uh like what kind of culture is she taking that from? Fashion
2: shit? <sighs> kind it's like of, Zoolander. yeah. I think, yeah. It was meant to be something with fashion because she was wearing all kinds of weird shit. Mm-hmm. But, As opposed right. to when she doesn't <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay, let's run into our wheel names and thirty-second challenge.
0: Today, one of these lucky contestants will win right here on Wheel, wheel of Names. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Wheel names, gentlemen. And so on the wheel we have Frank, the guest, El Francisco and the host of silver screeners so it's one of these uh pseudonyms one well, gentlemen, uh, alter ego uh, <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna
2: have to do the 30 second challenge so uh here we go i'm gonna
1: spit it yeah bring, bring it on
2: all right, not cheating there you go it landed on the guest. <laughs>
3: Congratulations. Hey,
0: I'm honored. <laughs> All
2: right. So whenever you're ready, you'll have 30 seconds to do your best uh, to describe Night of the Living Dead 1990 to listeners. So, Scott, if you want to give him a three, two, one, and then I'll start the clock. Are you prepared? When... You ready, Frank?
1: So I'm describing Night of the Living Dead in 30 seconds or less. Okay, yep, I got this.
3: All right. When you're ready. Three, two, one.
1: As our story begins, a car is driving along the road and we hear a lot of bickering between a man and a woman. Turns out their brother and sister, Barbara and Johnny, they go into their mother's grave. They walk up to the tombstone. They take a look at the image in the grave. The mother looks like Carol Burnett. They decide to put a thing of flowers by the grave to pay their respects. When all of a sudden, a zombie, two zombies attack. And then Johnny is killed. Barbara runs to a farmhouse. She meets a whole bunch of people and all but one of them die by the end of the movie
2: nice man <laughs> I think I skipped a few things <laughs> just a few yeah that was good that was good man alright so thank you again for doing that Frank being a good <laughs> we've had people that just say I'm not going to do anything I'll be quiet for 30 seconds and uh, so Night of the Living uh. Dead 1990 how did it feel revisiting this one uh, anyone can chime in i was surprised how much
3: they kept to the original like even down to the car i think and like the characters all looked like the original people the nice. quality of it i don't know like if it looked good when it was made or if i've seen a remastered version but like the zombies coming towards the house that look just as good as anything new now other than they're like slow dumb zombies mm-hmm. and <clears> i <throat> think it's good that they kept it that way yeah and they didn't change it Nice. Other than the minor changes at the end.
2: Was this the first time you've seen it or was this it the one, first time yeah. in a long time? Wow. Mm-hmm. So you did it, You enjoyed it? Oh, yeah.
3: Nice. Very impressed.
2: Awesome, man. How about you, Frank?
3: The
1: first time I saw it was when it first came out back in 1990. I didn't see oh, it in the theaters. I saw it on home video. And at the time, I remember thinking, yeah, it's good. I love Tom Savini's effects, but I had a soft spot for the original. That was my reaction then. Then I didn't see it again until about a year ago. And I was Mm -hmm. surprised a year ago by how much better it was than I remembered it. Mm -hmm. And then I sat down and watched it for this. And I watched it from beginning to end. And I would say that putting aside the fact that it's a remake, I don't use this word too often, but I would call it, if not a masterpiece, about as close as you can get to being one. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of the changes that they did make were all changes for the better, particularly with the character of Barbara. I love Judy O'Day from the original, don't get me wrong, great performance, iconic role, the coming to get you, Barbara, all of that. Love it sentimental attachment for it, a sentimental one can get for zombies, but uh, with this uh, 1990 remake, I thought that the complete and total, the overhauling of the character was, it very easily could have gone wrong, but I thought it worked. I thought it worked. She's much more of a fighter in this one, and you know, she gives, a, she gives, a, what, what's his name, Harry, the, the 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 bad guy in the basement, well, Harry, Cooper. Harry fucking yeah. Cooper. Cooler, cooler. Cooper, Cooper, yeah. you know, she gives him his what for at the end. You know, one of the changes they made at the end.
2: Yeah. Yep. So, Tom Tolles, man. Um, it, was a, it was a satisfying I, <laughs> ending. I Yeah, I have to, I agree with you, man. The original film has a soft spot in my heart because it's one of the, especially for the time, probably the few times you see a minority as the main character and just seeing how well they translated the story into the remake that that always stuck with me as a kid seeing it and it, and it honestly terrified me as a kid i always thought how scary that situation is of zombies uh, especially when you're young like you see that shit happening and you're like stuck in a place and nowhere to go it's just it's a terrifying thought so to see tom uh tony todd show up you know after Barbara's character, you know, runs out of the cemetery and shows up at the farmhouse. And you see that, like, the the uh, crowbar, him holding mm-hmm. the crowbar, like, sliding oh, yeah, yeah. down to his hand. It's weird now seeing it because it's almost like a premonition to him being Candyman later on in his career. Like mm-hmm. If you see that split right. moment when it happens, you're like, oh, shit, it's right there. Like, did someone else see this before they cast uh, Candyman? But he totally pulls off the Ben character and Barbara is way more of a badass than the original film. Obviously she comes to grip and takes everything head on and just goes almost like full Sarah Connor badass in a way uh, when she just starts shooting zombies (laughs) and one thing like really quickly and I know I'm kind of rambling a little bit but the embrace that Ben and Barbara have in the moment when Barbara's kind of breaking down is so much better than what they do in the original film where Barbara slaps Ben and Ben punches her and knocks her ass out, <laughs> which me and my wife were just cracking up about, like, you know, saying all these dumb jokes, like, hey, she probably woke up and then he's, like, making all these excuses, you know, yeah, you fainted. Uh, she's like, yeah, I yeah. saw something coming at me before I fainted in the original. But, yeah, the embrace uh, is way better than what they do uh, in the original movie. <laughs> so. Yes, and uh it holds up better
1: ben is more of a i don't want to say he's more of a fighter in this one because he was pretty badass in the original too but
2: yeah
1: i don't know he was much more he was much more physical in this one mm-hmm. like at one point when it was just him and barbara at the beginning at one point he kung fu's one and right in the stomach he kicks his ass across <laughs> the kitchen grabs a mm-hmm. frying pan smacks him over the head and <laughs> it's like yeah. wow this- this is, this is, you know, that's, that's agility. That's that is pretty is. impressive. And then he's got the fireplace poker and he's out, he's out in the front lawn and he's stabbing the thing with the, uh the poker and he's screaming, God damn you. God damn you. Yeah. God damn you. And then The moment stops. right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you blew it <laughs> up. And he's, <laughs> and he's staring at the, uh you know, this pulpy mess in front of him that he just created and i thought it was weird he gives the well he stops himself before he finishes it but he begins to do the sign of the cross and mm-hmm. then barbara from the porch she does the same thing she begins it and then she stops and i don't know i was curious I was, what was that was that supposed to be some kind of a you know, I like, i don't know like for, a, forgive
2: uh, me for what i'm about to do kind of thing
1: yeah, yeah so maybe something like that or maybe mm-hmm. something to do with you know this is what you do with the dead. death when facing death i don't know i, I, I was curious about that that was yeah. an interesting directorial choice to include that
3: speaking on ben's like agility and he's more like ferocious when he's coming back from the gas pump <laughs> he's doing like oh. commando shit <laughs> When he's taking out their legs and he just starts going pretty fucking ape shit and punching the zombies in their face while they're on the ground.
2: So I'm gonna start doing this. Note number eight of mine: the Ben roll to take out a zombie is iconic. Mm -hmm. So that whole sequence rolls and knocks. Like he looks at me like, you know what? I'm going down for the legs. That shit's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Like who told him to do that? You know what I mean? Some of the things that he does. Yeah, and. Like the scene, like you said, Frank, when he gets the frying pan and he's going to hit that zombie in the kitchen, he whips it back. And that shot of seeing the food fly out when he does it it hits the wall. Right. Like he's like, fuck it. I don't care about the bacon. I'm about to use it. Smacks (laughs) the zombie in the head. You know, I know my fat ass would have been like, yo, let me get the bacon out. I don't know when we're going to get to eat again.
1: (laughs) Well, it was around that time too when barbara had i think she had the fireplace poker at that point and she, it was really weird it was the hand that had fallen over the railing from the second floor and landed on the foot landed on the ground in front of her it's mm-hmm. almost like she's playing golf with it you know and you have the dead zombie leaning against the couch and she's sort of pushing the hand with the fireplace poker towards it yeah and it's like okay like any second she's gonna call out for it like, it's like just give it a good whack but she's like gingerly pushing it a little by little i don't know i thought that was i don't know i thought that was amusing i did not know if that was supposed to be a moment of you know dot comedy or something but if it was it worked and if it yes. wasn't supposed to be that then it was curious
2: yeah
3: definitely yeah i think it was funny when the thing came off the railing itself and almost landed on her it just
2: looks so stupid <laughs> yeah that was pretty yeah, funny
1: I to say for Tom Savini I was surprised at how obviously fake <laughs> a lot of the uh, a lot of the, body, the a lot of the body passports, I, I don't know that must have been I can't help but think that must have been deliberate just for the sake of
2: yeah you know some throwing in a few
1: well, chuckles
2: I wonder sometimes about that now like just thinking quickly like retroactively was it because I know he had to cut out a lot of stuff in ratings does that go into the thought process of I might be able to get a rated R if I make something look a little more fake than too real, where they might give um, me an X rating or something like that.
1: No, undoubtedly. I mean, this was the time period when horror movies were really getting cracked down on by the MPAA. I would say the late 80s, early 90s. I mean, we're talking, mm. you know, yeah. footage being deleted left and right, especially with horror movies. I think horror movies took a lot of the the rap for mm. uh, you know what the and, and you know the the pro censorship what they were seeing as something that was just i don't know Weren't... degrading or damaging to the youth of america that kind of thing there was a lot of you yeah. know in that 80s in the 80s you had a lot of that you know so-called morality thing going and Weren't there a uh, lot of being... uh,
3: copycat like murders or something from horror movies like specifically friday the 13th wasn't there a person who
1: yeah yeah Yeah, there was a guy who killed, I think it was, I want to say it was a girlfriend, maybe it was an ex-girlfriend. There was a guy who, yeah, he wore a hockey mask and and killed Mm -hmm. her. I remember watching it on, I don't know if it was 2020 or one of those programs, and the mother, her mother, was making a plea to, I I specifically remember her saying, stop making these stupid movies. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Hollywood didn't. But uh, I, but so that it sort of became a, I guess you could call it for lack of a better word, sort of a movement. But not *The Living Dead*. I mean, 1990, I should say. 1990 was right smack in the middle of all of that.
2: No, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So they probably put in these morbid chuckles to. You know, there, there was a lot of back and going back and forth. I'm sure Hitchcock did that. Hitchcock would do that. He would put in something that he thought the censors would never go for. So that he could use it as a bargaining chip so that he could take, mm. okay, I'll take it out. If you let me keep this in. And sometimes he was shocked at what they didn't take issue with. Mm-hmm. So he would end up with <laughs> something random in, in his movie, you know, <laughs> that's, yeah,
2: that's crazy. When you think about it, how circumstantial and almost personally opinionated that process must be uh, based on who is in that censorship council or group. Uh, that makes those decisions like, oh you know what? I don't I don't care about this, but I care about that. You know what I mean? So <clears> it's pretty pretty strange when you think about it. Okay, what do you they guys were able think to keep about keep that whole... brother's
3: neck breaker in there when the brother busted his <laughs> fucking neck at the start? That oh was pretty God. grisly. That how do you fake that? That looked real.
2: That was really bad. I was looking because was... I man, I watched the original movie too, like during the week and I, I was curious to see the difference in the two. In the original they just make it look more so from the back so it doesn't look as bad whereas mm. in the tom savini version it's, you see it clearly from the side and that's it looks mm. pretty bad man uh, yeah
1: yeah it, it, it
2: <laughs> poor bill mosley <laughs> <laughs> my question was going to be what do you guys think about the whole reasoning behind cooper saying he didn't hear anything upstairs uh, so that's why uh they they didn't come out and uh they were afraid you guys oh,
3: you think that yeah they were already in the basement when she mm-hmm. came and they're explaining later like the kid those are like his uncles or some shit that are in the house right
2: mm-hmm. his, his uncle and uncle. his cousin yeah
3: and they came after him so and they couldn't put him down he was saying mm-hmm. like he filled them yeah. with some bullets and then they ran in the basement i don't know why he would say that yeah all I know is I thought Harry Cooper was that Cetrachian guy, the poison test guy from Princess Pride when he first gets bumped into He goes, ow! And he sounded just <laughs> like that guy. And I go, this motherfucker, and then the next scene, it's not him.
2: <laughs> and I was so happy.
3: But that would have ruined uh, it.
2: Tom Toes, man. Uh, it's so funny. I, I never realized that was him until later on when I started to get more into film. And I remember seeing him as a writer in blood in blood out that's the same guy and uh he really? was in henry yeah same same actor tom soles and he was also in a uh, house of a thousand corpses and he's been in a ton of stuff and it's funny like i know he's very hateable more hateable i feel like in this film than the original and the character of cooper and i'm not gonna lie there were moments when i almost identify with cooper and think he might
1: be right <laughs>
2: <laughs> watching it <laughs> now oh, yeah. that
1: I'm <laughs> that's okay upstairs or basement which is the more logical choice in a situation like this who was right you know and that's been the that's been the question that none of the living deadheads have been asking for the past you know 50-60 years ever since the original came out
3: mm-hmm. I'm saying go up to the second story where you can get out the windows and then you just have to fortify the stairwell with all those mm-hmm. doors, that would have been safer. Mm-hmm. That's just my two
2: cents. Yeah, it's the opposite because there's a stairway going down, right? So it's like, except there's no way out.
3: <sighs> but there's no way windows. in. There's windows in the basement.
2: In the basement, though, I'm thinking oh, in about the, the basement? basement. Yeah, yeah. There's only one way in. So, mm-hmm. but no way out. So, yeah. yeah. That's why the second
3: story is the better. Okay. Better one.
2: Okay. <laughs> If you're going to uh, retreat from
3: the first floor, you go up to the second floor.
2: He, I mean, hey, he, he was he was alive at the end because he went into the attic. So, <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "You're all going to die up here," and he was right, uh, except for Barbara, obviously, who was ultimately right because she said, "We can do it. We can get by them. And she left. You know, they're they're slow. That was that was what she kept trying to tell Ben. Mm-hmm. Ben, I think, was just. Too overwhelmed with trying to keep people alive, and then trying to do with deal with what you know he knew he had access to at the time. So, do you think it yeah, reached a... the point where Ben
1: and Koopa just had absolutely no sense of rhyme or reason to anything they were doing? I mean, when they when they're involved in that shootout, and Barbara's just watching, and she says madness. I mean, she's talking about both of them. She's not just talking about Koopa. She, yeah, you know, I think that was what led to you know her ultimate you know the the film's statement of significance which was they're us we're them and they're us it's like okay so what kind of a point is there's, there's got to be a point there somewhere
0: <laughs> some kind
1: of <laughs> some kind of message i wasn't quite sure what it was when i first started i kind of had an idea last year when i started and now i'm like okay so was this basically saying that people suck uh- <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so it's a pretty downbeat. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, it's very <pretty> bad. <laughs> pretty downbeat appraisal of uh, human nature.
3: Ben was even concerned about Cooper's kid when they wanted to leave. He had mm-hmm. like a soldier mentality. I don't know if anything implied that he was one, but he was concerned with protecting everyone, even Cooper. So I, extent, I, I side with yeah. Ben. I side with Ben. Yeah,
2: it's funny because what what you just said, Frank, makes a lot of sense, and also going back to the original film i think when johnny is teasing barbara at the cemetery and she says you're ignorant right she says Mm -hmm. that to him when when he's teasing her and at the end it's almost like barbara saying they're us and we're them basically saying that we're ignorant we will do stupid shit you know what i mean Mm -hmm. no matter how logical the things might seem uh the easy answer logically like we're th- you know if we think that way would be correct we'll still do some ignorant ass shit as people <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah well
1: you know, well, you what know I was those gun-toting rednecks who set up those <laughs> those like fighting rings and uh-huh. hanging them from the trees some of them even upside down and throwing stones <laughs> at them and, they, <laughs> and
3: the thing they, is
1: they set up food stands they had condiments for god's sake <laughs>
3: it was like the carnival and they knew these people they yes. knew all the zombies they yeah. knew the people they hung oh, up from the tree, and it was personal. <laughs> they were fucking whipping rocks at them and shit.
2: That's my note number 12. Uh, it looks like these country boys set up a fair at the end, crazy to entertain themselves with zombies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fair, dude. <laughs>
3: yeah, and they did that shit in Walking Dead. Remember the governor had the, the arena? Oh,
2: my goodness. Yeah, all that.
3: that's true. It makes sense. Oh, but honestly, guys, Frank, you're white as well. We're not that bad. <laughs> I don't think in general like we're not all like that
2: <laughs> hey, this, hey this is a, a time capsule so this was taking place in 1990 um, technically 89 when it was being filmed right but still same thing
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was said the radio that Ben was listening to at the base and at the end it said the exact date when the film takes place August 23rd of 89
3: yeah yeah so yeah. It's... When was the first one made? Sixty-eight. Yeah.
1: 1968. Yeah. Oh. So that was right smack in the middle of Vietnam, and you know the yeah. assassinations of Martin Luther King, Robert Kennedy, you know Malcolm X, and mm-hmm. yeah, the country was a mess then.
3: Yeah, that original <laughs> ending was quite the political statement.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because they always denied that they were trying to make a political statement. I personally call bullshit, but. Hey, <laughs> I'm not the one who made the movie.
2: <laughs> I mean, he's been doing, that. I mean, George Romero, I feel like all his movies have some kind of... I didn't hear anything Frank just said. Was it good? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it
0: <was. laughs>
2: um, uh, talking about the, you know, the political statements that George Romero uh, likely did deliberately in his films, I think, mm-hmm. a lot of the times.
1: Even though he claimed that there was nothing political in the, he said he just, uh, in the original, for the original, he said, we simply cast Wayne Jones because he was the best actor for the role. And he was, he was a great actor for the role. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But he said that they were not actively seeking a man of color. They were just looking for someone, you know, who was a good actor, someone to give a good audition. And it was him.
2: Mm -hmm, Yeah.
3: So that was the planned ending, regardless of whatever. So that was the planned ending.
1: yeah well initially they said ultimately well at first they were going to have barbara live in the original i'm talking the 68 they said originally about the redeeming factor was that barbara was going to make it out alive but then they said we figured out that having her dead brother johnny come back for her the irony was just Mm -hmm. the irony was just too perfect to pass up they said that once that idea hit us there was no letting go of it so we went in that direction and then yeah, with this one they retro that with the nineteen ninety version. Yeah, and she emerges the, you know, guns blazing, triumphant, you know, heroin. Yeah, pre Saracana, Saracana. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and she does see her brother later on among the bodies that were collected in the back of the uh the country boys uh trucks. Oh, that pickup oh, truck, good right? Truck, good eye. Yeah, Bill Mosey came back, and says, I got another scene for you. <laughs> <laughs> <You're gonna laughs> piled all these dudes on you and yeah what do you guys think of the whole gas thing gas situation
3: all I know truck? is that kid Tommy oh, what did you hot. guys think about Tommy in the house when they first introduced
2: what is it Judy, Tommy Rose? And Judy Rose oh my goodness Tommy he and Judy goes, Rose.
3: you do what I tell you and he's screaming it as he's tonguing her fucking face down dude
1: <laughs> that is one of the dumbest
3: but, but
1: He says that and then okay, maybe I saw something wrong here, so correct me. Maybe I completely am making up something that was not there. But when he's screaming at her, you do it, I tell you, go, go. Did he like like pull their faces together for a kiss before she left?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like as he's yelling yeah. at her, yeah. it, dude. It's I, so I fast and gross looking. looking.
1: Contact. It's like it's like they missed and they yeah. said, eh, fuck it. "Maybe just... he
3: was, maybe he was going for one, and she got pissed or something." And she, to me, him, right? it looked like yeah. he was, Lightly. yeah, he yeah. was tongue in her face. I thought as he yelled, because oh, <laughs> he's but going for saying... it as he's yelling. <laughs> so, I so I
0: that, saw that And I'm like, "Did I? Is that? His...
1: Maybe it was just poor <laughs> choreography, and he was just shoving her away." I was like, "No, I think he was making a move. I, I think he was." Putting was. The Mac on her I think
3: know. it was perfect. Really, it looks so, <laughs> so awkward. You
1: know I think he's supposed to be awkward you know he's not the most assertive character you know he's downstairs right. in the basement you know listening to Cooper because he's intimidated by him he's not coming up he mm-hmm. says we heard Barbara mm-hmm. yelling when she f- was the first one in the house by herself before she met Ben yeah. he's and honest he though. Says, yeah
2: he is honest he's like he's, he's, like, that's he's not really true. honest
1: but yeah. revealing his <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> so we, we we were scared that's the reason why we were scared so yeah. He wasn't pretending, but right. he also wasn't turning to Cooper and saying "piss off." Yeah. At least not at first. Yeah.
3: And then, since we're on the subject of the gas pump and the key, mm-hmm. you know how that's that's like—would you say that's irony when he finds the key in the basement yes. and he's already arrested?
1: Oh my God! And yeah, he starts laughing and like yeah. loses his mm-hmm. his faculty. Oh my God. It's like that is, is cruel. That is just a little irony right
3: there. And then the crowbar is something that I kept going back to. Like one, because I got a note. The zombie survival guide recommends a katana blade as a weapon of choice in a zombie outbreak, just due to the fact that you know it's a cutting and stabbing weapon. Whereas mm-hmm. the crowbar, it's a decent choice, but it can get bent through frequent use and the reverberations that would come through your hand when you club a zombie just not you know not comfortable <laughs> it's not a comfortable
2: weapon oh, but they man. could have
3: used that crowbar to bust the lock on the fucking gas pump it's just
2: metal <laughs> you know? all right I, I got a couple of notes real quick scott like judy rose screaming maybe the worst part of the film just her scream is very annoying mm-hmm. uh, throughout oh, the God, film. Yeah. and her, also her driving like a maniac and just ignoring yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you doing? She drives. And and Tommy vouches for her. It's true. Yeah. She's been driving her dad's truck so, since she was little. And I'm like, okay, so this is right. your fault, Tommy. fish fishtailed oh. Ben off
3: the back of the truck. That was funny shit.
2: <laughs> and, and Tom shooting the gas pump is probably the most hilariously sad moment of the movie. Mm-hmm. Even Ben is like, what the fuck are you doing? What the are you doing?
1: <laughs> that was either... The horror movie trope of okay here is a character who is the dumbest clock in the world or it was this is just showing just how graphic. simple-minded he is how how naive he is how oh. just you know how, how he has not really come into his own manhood yet. <laughs> you know, yes you know that it doesn't cross his mind that maybe firing at a gas pump with a lip torch in the back of the pickup truck might not be the best option
3: nope. yeah. and it's that from the original they do it the same way
1: no, it's it's no because Ben's holding the torch in the original, right? When
2: the and truck then, explodes and it blows up, yeah.
3: So he just blows the the pump up in general with the shotgun. Not in, 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 in the original. In the, the original,
2: yeah, yeah. In the original, it's it's because he's holding the torch and then it uh, it falls into the, I can't remember. The fall in the, and then it blows up. Is that what ends up happening? Like the light, the gas catches and then it blows up. I can't remember, but I think something like that.
3: Oh, like the frame. gas sprays and he's standing there holding it
2: it ends up spilling somewhere into I think the car and then the, the oh. Torch Yeah, like, like catches it and it blows up and this is
3: yeah. one where Frank's compare contrast method would have been appropriate
0: I
1: didn't remember Even though I saw this as recently as last year, I had completely forgotten that after Tom and Judy blow up, that the zombies, you know, basically are noshing to the asking tent on the on the chat Mm corpses. I'm going to assume that they did not do that in the original. No,
2: no, at least not that
1: I can remember. (laughs) And Barbara's (laughs) watch. This is when Barbara's running around outside, and (laughs) she sees the, you know, (laughs) their ashes being gobbled up, and it's like.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, I have that in my notes. The, the man-witch at the end made me think of Zombieland. <laughs> <line>. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. they're eating some cooked food over there yes. in, the, in, the, in the remake.
1: <laughs> A little well done. hole, yeah, good man. for the teeth. But um, I loved in this one, in the 1991, when Sarah, the kid, kills her mother in the basement when she kills mm-hmm. Helen. In the original she's got the trowel in her hands and she's stabbing yep. her with the trowel and in this one she just bares her fangs and sinks them right into her mother's neck and kills her that way and it was a nice little ode to the original they had the blood splatter all over this trowel hanging on the wall <laughs> i thought mm-hmm. that was ingenious it's like yeah. okay, that is a way to do something different but uh keep the original intact as well yeah it's oh my gosh
2: Yes, my wife says the daughter in the remake is uglier than the daughter in the original. So why save her? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what
1: what, what was she a kid? She's <laughs> not. She did
2: not. No, and they just like uh, we need a teenager that can wear a kid's dress and uh, <laughs> zombie shit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So and then Cooper. So that leads to Cooper getting into the shootout with Ben and the irony of Ben ending shut up in the in the cellar and finding the keys and Cooper surviving, uh, like we said, goes up to the attic and ends up getting justice from Barbara by saying she got another one at the end, right? When he pops out. Which is alive. what they say
1: in the original when they shoot Ben, there's another mm-hmm. one for the fire. So I yep. like how they use the exact same dialogue, but just repurposed it.
2: Yeah, yep. yeah. the
1: original refers to Ben and this one refers to Cooper. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Did. Would you
2: guys say cuz there's been tons of remakes over the years, would you say this is one of the best ones ever? Yeah.
1: This is the best Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely one of the definitely one of not even the better, I would say the one of the best remakes of, you know, a classic movie. That really accomplished everything that a remake should accomplish if it's to be made at all, which is, to, like I said, with the travel, you know, you don't forget the original, you don't forget the original source material, but you don't replicate it either.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it was like that pointless remake of Psycho where he was saying, Gus Van Sant was saying, this is going to be a shot for shot remake.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you know, why bother? But sometimes yeah. a remake can just go completely off the rails and just go on. Uh, it probably didn't want to go. But I don't think that
3: happened
2: here. I think this one struck just the right balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I agree. I yeah, because so, there's
3: somewhere you look at him and you just think, "I'd rather see a remastered version of the original mm-hmm. than just some, like what he said, just a shot-for-shot shot reproduction."
2: Mm-hmm. 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 That's true, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I think as we get older, I think what you just said, Scott, brings very true because if the technology is there to improve what already exists, it's almost a more honorable thing to do than trying to recreate it, especially mm-hmm. if it's something that's special. You know, you captured that moment in time. That's what film's about. You capturing a moment in time, like pictures, right? So yeah, if, I mean... if you captured something amazing on film, you made an amazing you know, picture, then if you can clean it up in the future, I think that's most of the time would be probably the better thing to do. And I, I mean, understand, at, you know. Look at all the VHS porn stuff.
3: you can get on the internet these days. <laughs> Crystal clear quality.
2: <laughs> High def. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. That's funny. Uh you know There's one other one I'll say and at some point I know I want to do this film for the show, but I think the Blob remake is very good too. Uh the 1988 remake of the original Blob uh with uh Kevin Dillon I think starring in it. So Mm -hmm. that's another one. And uh, Shawnee Smith, I think. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. 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 That's That's really interesting that you say that because that's what my next episode is is on. What? The blob. The original blob. The 1958 with with the King of Cool with McQueen. (laughs) Nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah. The blob and invasion of the body snatchers.
2: Yeah. That's one, man, that as a kid too used to freak me out the invasion of body snatchers. Probably like something I should have never seen. I was too young to see it at the time. I think it was a Donald Sutherland version, but <laughs> as a kid, that one freaked me out.
3: <laughs> Dude, Netflix tried to remake. They didn't call it Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but they took that exact concept and tried to make a new movie out of it. Mm-hmm. And like you know how the body snatcher people, when they come out of the cocoons, they're all buck naked, right? Mm-hmm. And they got they got like a couple of nice looking ladies in there. <laughs> and they don't show them nude but then when the nudity comes out it's an old ass grandma <laughs> right. you know? and that's oh. all you get it's like saggy ass and titties
0: oh, like there's something it's about the worst Mary movie
3: I've seen it's like this, one right? of the only movies I've ever gave a thumbs down I took the time to
1: say thumbs down on Netflix <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember this one I didn't watch it but is it called The Invasion? like simply The Invasion? I believe so Okay. yeah, I don't even yeah, want to no, take no, the
3: time to fact check it, but it's on Netflix, right? <laughs> all right it's not funny it's like not worth watching I don't even know why I finished it because I it's thought long. maybe I'm gonna see this hot brunette lady Buck naked but no <laughs>
2: <laughs> negative uh all right strike yeah, out again a
1: remake going <laughs> off the rails so yeah
2: <laughs> yep yep all right man let me uh bring us back to the future real quick so
0: if we could somehow harness this light channel it into the flux capacitor it just might work we're sending you back to the future okay all right all right all right all right,
2: all right. 32 years later since 1990 wow this shit's crazy uh like make us feel even older um <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> there's been a ton of zombie stuff since then. I don't know. Do you guys think it's ripe again for a remake? No. Since that genre is so um, popular now,
1: I don't think it... so. And I say that because I think that well, basically, what you just said. I think there's so much of it right now that mm. I don't. I don't think it would really. I don't think the time is right. I don't think that that demographic, I don't think that their target audience now would be impressed with it. Mm. I think that if they were to do a remake now, it would have to be a remake for the fans and the fans only if they're hoping to, you know, have it be any kind of a, hoping to have it have any kind of an impact. If they're making it just uh, try to appeal to, you know, horror movie fans, I think that there are way too many zombie flicks and zombie TV shows that are out there right now that it would just... It would melt in the crowd. And mm-hmm. you know, I just think it would be a lost effort. I mean, who knows? But that's the direction I see it going in. If they were to make one now.
3: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I think uh, this is the type of movie you want to put on, like, those special re-releases. You know how they got all that stuff at the theaters these days?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: It just seems like it, it feels classic. Like it would mm-hmm. fit, you know, like some kind of Halloween promotional.
2: Like a marathon type thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice.
1: Like a special screening, like you said, yeah, like an anniversary screening or a double feature with the original, maybe or something yeah. like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. It's it's difficult because, yeah, like you said, there's Walking Dead. There's been remakes of, you know, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, and uh, Army of the Dead. You know, whether you're a fan mm-hmm. or not of Zack Snyder, there's there's a lot of zombie stuff out there. So, two of the greatest, probably people in the industry like tom savini and george romero that kind of amazingly got the chance to do a remake of the original Uh, i don't know if there's someone else to be entrusted with that yet you know what i mean like just to try to remake it and i don't like you said i don't think the time's right either so i don't know well
3: doesn't uh, george romero's son have control over all that stuff Uh,
2: there is something out there I read recently well not recently but probably last year I heard something about his son had another script or story of the dead that George Romero had done but Mm -hmm. I don't know if anything materialized of it yet but yeah I don't know as far as it will be up to him
1: right more than likely yeah well the reason why they made the 1990 version was because George Romero wanted to remake it because the original had lapsed into the public domain Mm. and he wanted to rectify that he wanted to reclaim the rights so he figured okay let's do a remake and we'll be able to copyright the title again and we'll be able to copyright the characters names again in the story and you know so now the the 1991 is it's copyright protected so Mm. he was able to financially, you know the residuals and the annuities and all of that so I would imagine that his son does have control of at least that portion of the whole of the whole thing
3: mm-hmm. mm. now when they do like a release of like a director's cut and stuff like that can they do that kind of shit when the copyright's about to be up does that count anybody aware of those mm. that law here? i don't know i'm not sure
2: i'm not sure about, about something going into the public domain i think it doesn't matter mm. i think it's just the depends on what was trademarked at the time yeah, so if you don't strange. if you don't renew it or or do something with it, it'll go into public domain. Yeah. So is,
3: I always thought it was like there was no time frame on it once it's copywritten or trademarked.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you have to renew the copyright every I forget exactly how many years. But but even if a even if a copyright is even if a film lapses into the public domain, and then another uh, film company or studio or individual or whoever buys the rights to it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes some elements of the film will then be copyrighted and some elements will some elements will remain in the public domain. It's a wonderful life perfect example that one fell into the public domain, which is why it was on television so much throughout the 70s and the 80s. And then Mm -hmm. the rights were bought in the early 90s. And then something to do with I don't know the details, but I think it was the movie itself was still public domain, but the musical soul was copyrighted. And most scenes, of course, would have some piece of music playing. So, you know, you know, it would have been difficult to, you know, get any footage
3: yeah,
1: that right. was public domain without having any music in the background. So you'd still be infringing on the, on the material in that respect. So there's a lot of a lot of detail, like a lot of technicalities that I just find really confusing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, copyright law is weird, man. Um, that's why there's still. Friday the 13th is in copyright hell right now because of the, the way the mm. licensing works with the, the name of something and the character licensing, which I think is why there was like a 2000 something remake or reimagining called Night of the Living Dead 3D uh, with Bill Moseley was in it as well. And that is, yeah. what, uh, might be part of that being able to use the name of something, but the characters are all different. So, like, the, the characters yeah. were licensed with that, but you can't use the name since it was public domain you can use that name in a movie but you can't use those characters you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it's it's strange the weird that we the way that shit works same thing is going on with child's play and chucky like they made child's play movies and they have you know the chucky tv show because the character's license and mm-hmm. copyright belongs to you know the creator uh chucky belongs to mancini i think and the other stuff belongs to the studio the name of uh child's play so
1: Really... Well, even with this new Halloween trilogy that we have, they only bought the rights. They don't own the rights to the Halloween franchise anymore. They bought the rights to do a trilogy, but once this new one, Halloween Ends, comes out in a few weeks, then they no longer they, they no longer have a contract with the owner of Michael Myers. So they couldn't do more movies if they try, if they wanted to, unless they renegotiated. So mm-hmm. even though they say there will be more Halloween movies, chances are it's gonna be once again a new timeline mm-hmm. because the characters that were introduced in this new trilogy, they're all, you know, they're they're all incorporated into, you know, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride and you know, yeah. their vision. So if they you know, they've said there will be more Halloween John Carpenter has said that he'd be shocked if they're not anymore, maybe in another five or ten years or however many years.
0: Mm-hmm. So it'll
1: probably be once again, <laughs> say, OK, if, forget these sequels. And now we're picking up from this point, And then it just becomes one big convoluted mess. Yeah. But yeah. As long as it makes yeah. a dollar, they don't care. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, that's true. All right. Well, let's run into our last segment real quick. And I'm going to play Devil's Out of Kit here. And we're going to do the recast segment. So here we go.
0: Genius! the cans upside down. Don't
2: talk to me like a child. I played Hamlet at Cambridge. Once again, you've ruined
1: my concentration. Excuse me. Excuse me. What's what's my motivation?
0: Recasting in a movie? Trust one of us.
2: Not some actor.
1: That's it. I am going to my trailer.
2: All right. Uh we haven't done the recast segment in a minute, but let's say for argument's sake, they are remaking Night of the Living Dead. Who would you guys cast in some of the main roles. Yeah, you got Ben, you got Barbara Cooper, even Judy Rose or Tommy or Johnny too. I don't know.
1: There's some I interesting. I definitely see Willem Dafoe as Cooper. Oh he's got that wild-eyed look about him. I think he'd be perfect for Koopa. <laughs> cover, mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: cover him in sweat. The sweat. Sweat. Cover sweat. Hey, and he'll he'll probably shave his head just to look the part, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You gotta have that, <laughs> that nest in the middle, you know? Uh wow, that's a good one.
3: <laughs> I thought the this actor from this one, the Cooper, reminded me Tom of Vin Tulls. Diesel.
2: Wow, really? Like what if Vin Diesel, Diesel? got
3: did up to look like, <laughs> like Cooper? Exactly like this with the shitty oh, like you said God. with the crow's nest. It wouldn't look right. <laughs> <laughs> <Ben> Diesel. <laughs> oh shit but he's got to act and, like just as much of a pussy and everything you know?
2: hey that means we got to cast uh the rock as ben then because yeah they're, <laughs> they're gonna hate each other uh-huh. <laughs> this is the, the adrenaline version of night of living dead
3: right.
2: how about you caesar you uh, like the okay i like the defoe cooper but i'm gonna go funny with this one i'm gonna go with uh what's this guy's name crap give me one second his name is Brian Baumgartner from The Office. So I'll cast the guy that plays oh. Kevin from The Office. Is Cooper?
3: Is that the dude that dropped the chili? Yes.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> that guy's a weird fuck.
2: I think he, I think he'd be great. I think he'd, he'd be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got he's got the look already. So that's he my does. comedy version. No, serious <laughs> man, I don't know. I like I like Willem Dafoe. I don't know if I could beat that. Might have to come back to me on that. But what about Ben? What do you guys think about Ben?
3: Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Okay, I would I would pay to see that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>.
2: <laughs> I feel like he would have any problem with zombies? Huh? Getting bit in no, the wouldn't. ankles, maybe.
1: I can see Idris Elba. He's got that. Yeah. Yeah. He's got that badass badassery whatever the word is to him that i think that the ben character has
2: i would say if it was like 2005 i could see sam jackson doing it but it's a 2022 sam's a little older now Mm -hmm. oh he could have been a good one though yeah i think he would have been a good one
3: bozeman would have been awesome
2: yeah 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 he would have been great well
1: he would have been in anything that he did yeah barbara
0: (laughs) i
2: I, I am dreaming about that one I think I could see Michael B. Jordan, man. I think he could, he maybe could pull off a bend. Mm. You don't think so?
3: They could put him on stilts.
2: Stilts, really taller. Man's fucking
3: tall, dude.
2: Yeah, I mean, hey, that's he has some big hands too, man. Tony mm-hmm. Todd, like you see that part <laughs> where like he he does embrace Barbara, his whole hand covers her head, and then. Yeah. He puts out mm. the fire with his hand on the house.
1: <laughs> like, holy shit. Well, he fucking puts out the fire What about? it. So that was like one of those throwaway shots where it's, okay, did that just happen?
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. Kevin Garnett.
1: He's too tall, man.
2: He's too tall. Yeah. He's too fucking tall. Yeah. No, they just have to be a good, strong actor, you know? I think Idris um, is a really good choice. Yeah, he's good. He would be really good. Yeah, I agree. Nice, man. What about Barbara? Mm-hmm.
1: If we're going to go with the character of Barbara as the fighter, like she is in the 1990 version, mm-hmm. I can see Carrie Mulligan.
2: Mm, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, I think that's about great. Promising Young Woman and you know, movies yeah. like that that she's done. I, I can see her not taking any shit from anybody. But if we're going to go in the direction of the 1968 version of Barbara, that would, I'd have to find
2: Yeah, that could kind of be anyone. Yeah, uh... Charlize.
3: Charlize, too. uh, Oh, yeah. She's too tough and too big. I think.
2: I I I can see Anne Hathaway maybe pull it off. Maybe. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. She kind of has that, uh, uh, you know, her physicality. You know, she's so thin and she's so wiry. That kind of it's kind of misleading. She's you know, the Catwoman and everything else that she's done that uh, had a lot of physical stunts Mm -hmm. to the role. She she might have it in her
2: yeah like you said it, it it it's very dependent upon which barba they're doing like the other barba is kind of almost so much as a background character but not as prominent as the remake made her out to be because that the character changed quite a bit i think
3: dude i'm having a brain fart here what's the name of the dude that played the penguin in the batman daniel DeVito? <laughs> no, 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 no. The, newest, <laughs> yeah. the newest one
2: uh oh, Col- newest colin farrow colin oh, farrow all right <laughs> you know.
3: He, could he was be, uh, in a movie with Cooper? the lady that I think <laughs> would be a good.
2: You know, I might, I might cast Travante Rhodes as my Ben. He he was recently in, like I said, he was in the show Mike playing Mike Tyson, and he's uh he's also in the movie Moonlight, so as the older version of the kid. So he's a good actor, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was. Or gonna, Jonathan, nah. Jonathan Majors too. He's really popular. I think he could pull yeah, off yeah. Ben. Did
3: Eldred Hodge? Eldridge Hodge. He played okay. Ren in NWA. Oh okay. He's a big dude well-spoken yeah. looks nice. hard as shit
2: i think if you're if you're going to remake this movie those the two to get right you have to get cooper right and you have to get ben right and barbara too i think if you're doing a remake of the 1990 version you, you get those three characters right and you you could get a solid movie as far as
3: casting goes i found the movie there's this lady in the movie ava she almost looks like barbara jessica chastain
2: oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh
3: yeah, and like she has the physicality, just like from that movie, she's an assassin. You know,
2: that's uh, right. Yeah, that's right. She, she was Before also the... in uh, the the Huntsman, wasn't she, with uh, Chris Hemsworth? I don't know. I think she was. Yeah, she's in it. She's Chapter in the secret.
1: Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I knew she was the adult version of uh, what's her name, Beverly. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that's the character's name in it. Yeah.
2: yeah. 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 She
3: was in the Huntsman as well.
2: Nice. All right. I know we ran a little bit long, but I think we, we got a lot in there on this on this movie. Mm-hmm. What would you guys say? Would you recommend it to people overall? Definitely. Night of the Dead, 1990?
1: Yeah. Yep. yeah, definitely. Definitely. Worth looking at. Worth revisiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, after a first time viewing.
2: Yeah. I'm with you guys. I think if you're a fan of this genre, especially zombies, you should see one of the best in the business do a zombie movie. That, that, that's the way I would tell it to you with with like the you know blessing of almost like the zombie godfather right Mm -hmm. put it that way uh, george romero so definitely watch it see where a lot of people get their ideas from especially you know slow zombies and stuff like that you'll see that in uh this version of the movie so this version
3: of the movie is like crystal clear quality perfect lighting at night Mm -hmm. yeah everyone has said like they keep true to the original like they look Even the zombies look like the zombies from the first one,
2: but it's still great. Yeah, just a little more like modern take, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, with the
3: proper resources.
2: The only thing I will say, sometimes the '90s score get bugs me, but I I I can deal with it for the most part. Just some of the synths go a little crazy in some parts, but hey, it's all good. Still, still love it. Mm -hmm. I think a
1: lot of that too was the uh, you know just the the times. The time everything was. I mean you go back and you listen to the original score to Nightmare on Elm Street I was stunned with <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like this is a lot more synthesized than I remember it being
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Nice, man.
3: Um, That's like a staple nowadays of horror music. Yeah. Music is the synthesizer.
2: It is, man. <laughs> it's a staple. Frank, man, thanks for joining us on the show. If you want to plug your show one more time uh, before we get out of here
1: uh thanks for having me this has been a blast uh yeah so yeah the two podcasts i do the one i do on my own is silver screeners you'll find it on all major podcasting platforms good pods apple spotify places like that same with movies across the pod that's the one where i co-host with dave from from liverpool england and They both can be found on on all those platforms. And if you want to follow me on social media, in Facebook, I have a public film group called Silver Screeners, same name as the podcast. And on Twitter, I'm at filmbuff1974. Now you know how old I am. And you can find me on Instagram (laughs) at uh, frankmendoza1974. Nice. Root with email, and you can just email silverscreenerspod at gmail.com all right i got one question for the two of you
2: okay.
3: okay frank mentioned the horror like you know how they had to trade and they put crazy weird shit and like you had to tone down some of the violence what's the most out of place shit you noticed in this movie
1: i probably would have to go with the hand that she's sort of golf clubbing away across the living room floor yeah that was a little fucking weird <laughs> it was like why is this here? Yeah.
2: <laughs> i got one uh the mako hat that the guy wears at the end shit shot me back like oh they, they paint cars still uh we make <laughs> <laughs> and the guy in the jean jacket that at the end just keeps showing up uh, he's yeah. out of place but he's like I'm the supervisor for all this horrible shit that's happening at the uh country fair I put this shit together <laughs> <The supervisor. laughs> yeah he's like he's there every time like oh when they find her he's there uh, when they go and saw the the basement door down he's there you know same guy in the jean jacket I'm like okay got it <laughs> I
0: got
3: this I got guy. this <laughs> So you guys don't recall a fucking pure Ethiopian coming through the window at them (laughs) with no shirt on? Like a starved Ethiopian
2: zombie? Oh, you're talking about the The guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that Barbara keeps shooting. And she's like, you see
1: that? He's not going down. You see that? Like when he comes through the window. He's wearing like pajama bottoms or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was out of place yeah that is kind of weird actually <laughs> that you mentioned that.
3: considering yeah. like the population was primarily white mm.
1: and ben mm. was
3: passing through you know
2: yeah when the shit yeah. broke out
3: ben was on his way out of town from somewhere else he's passing through this country as community what's that ethiopian doing there
2: maybe uh <laughs> i don't know i don't want to make something up <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to get a meal at the diner <laughs> who knows i'm horrible all right (laughs) on that note uh nice yo thanks again man this was awesome
1: no thank you thank you no this is this was great this is nice to meet you frank same here and anytime you want to come back on anytime you both want to come on silver screeners just say the word
2: yeah and that does it for this one thanks again to my man frank from silver screeners podcast for coming on really appreciate you man and also to my man, Grace Scott, as always, thank you for tuning in to the Noir 15 Allcast and this Night Of series for Horror Month. And we got one more, actually two more coming at you. Next week, I think we got Night of the Demons. Yeah, can't wait. And that's featuring the awesome gents from Not A Strong Start podcast, George and uh, Daniel. So, yeah, check that out coming next week. And we got one more after that, man. So stay tuned. Thanks again for listening. For now, it's your boy 7C saying peace out, God bless, and leave you with the track from the year 1990. Peace.